You're listening to The Haunted House from Karn Evil, released October 31st, 1998, composed by Kevin Quinn. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, he is the host of The Movie Bar. Every month with the dyad, it is Bedroth. <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's like when you uh, yeah. open up a door in a haunted house, you never know what's on the other side and some creepy yeah. guy laughing at you. Tis the season, man. Is good stuff. This season. I'm excited for this episode, but before we talk about it, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and... Zenku. Bedroth, we get to do something that I haven't gotten to do in a while. What's that, Brian? We get to shout out some listeners. Woo, very nice. Because we received two pieces of communication over the last week. And I want to shout them both out. I want to shout them both out. Because a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, maybe longer, time blends together. We we complained about engagement. So if you want to engage with us, if you want to send us stories, comments, whatever, I'll put them on the air. So we had a listener. His name is Gustavo. He is from Mexico and he contacted me on Instagram. He said, hi, new fan here. I've discovered your BG Mania podcast last week and I already listened to almost 30 episodes. It's so cool. Wow. I love it. Have you guys made an episode about Hollow Knight or Christopher Larkin? I don't think so. I don't think I we don't have. think we have. I don't think we have. And he said, if not, That's are you a great planning idea, to? Though. We can. Yes. I will put that on the calendar for sometime in 2023. I just want Fantastic to add that my track. favorite episodes yet have been the Zelda Breath of the Wild one and the Wind Waker one. I just love those soundtracks very much. Hope you keep making great episodes. Greetings from Mexico. And I chatted with him a bit. Um, I, I sent some responses back and forth and I asked him 
through his uh, foray into our our catalog of episodes if he's only listened to the older ones or if he's actually listened to any newer ones. He's only heard episodes with Frank on them, surprisingly. So I told him to check out some newer ones and uh, the quality gets way better as he gets deeper in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully if he if he really likes the Frank episodes, hopefully he still likes it when uh, when I join in too. <laughs> well, because he asked if we'd ever played anything from Golden Sun. And I told him we have. We actually played Isaac's battle theme on our Mount Rushmore of Composers episode that Shoot Kapow brought. And he yeah. said that he would listen to that one next. So by now he's probably already listened to it. Cool. Very cool. Speaking of Shukapal, we just might possibly get her to join us on the uh, Christopher Larkin episode if we do that, because she loves the Hollow Knight soundtrack. Loves it to death. Oh, okay. We might be able to do that. Yeah. Like I said, I will. Uh, I don't have really anything scheduled for next year outside of our first episode and the composer appreciations and the radio hours. So mm-hmm. I have yeah. a full slate of dates to plug that in. So we'll figure out the best spot to do that. So welcome, Gustavo. I'm glad you're listening. And we also received an email. I got this at, uh, who did he send it to? Did he send it to BG Main or did he send it to me? He sent it to me. He sent it to Brian at leveldowngames.com, just like you can, if you want to reach out to me. And he said, Brian, hi there. I'm a big fan of BG Mania. Actually, he didn't say big fan. I added that in. But <laughs> he said, I'm a fan of BG Mania. And I just caught up on listening to your episode on grandparents. I lost all my grandparents many years ago, so the episode brought back some memories of good times in the past. One track that springs to mind, which didn't feature on the episode, is Legacy Island from the Tim Fallen soundtrack to the SNES game Plock. That whole section in the game where Plock oh, dreams man. about his grandfather's search for a lost amulet 50 years ago and the game transports you back into the past to play as Grandpappy Plock on his quest. The whole Plock soundtrack is an incredible mix of different musical styles, in particular, allowing Tim Fallon to indulge his love of progressive rock. One of the few Western SNES composers whose work is up there with his Japanese counterparts. All the best, Paul. Tim Fallon definitely is among the tip-top of composers, and yeah, Plock is a fantastic soundtrack. If I had known think more one. about the we plot, <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't, I might have I gone mean, there. Frank may have known. Because Frank's played that extensively. I've only played maybe half of Plock. Um, I've My never only experience Plock. with Plock is through VGM podcasts. So, <laughs> But that's what we want. Like, that's definitely something we didn't know. We completely missed it for the theme of the show. Yeah. And you, Paul, you let us know. I like that. So thank you very much. Yeah, really appreciate that. Love it. Love the listener engagement. Super cool. Super cool. So if you ever want to reach out to us, hit me up. I'm available everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, email, com. You can hit up Bedroth as well. We'll, uh, we'll definitely engage and we'll definitely respond. I love it. Keep it up. Keep it up. Oh, man. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> let's get into the theme of this show because I think we have a really great episode lined up. You know, I, I loved last week's episode and technically it posted this week because I suck. But um, when I actually... By the time you post this episode, uh, it might be last week. It might be freaking last week at this point. (laughs) Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But you never know. Um, When I sat down and edited that and I listened to the tracks again, because I tend to do that. I usually... That's what takes me so long to edit BG Mania is I'll just get lost to listen to the tracks again because I enjoy them so much. Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise it wouldn't theoretically take that long. I would just have to throw the tracks in, edit our vocals throughout, and be done with it. But I end up listening to like the entire thing again just because I enjoy it. Um, but that was a really great episode. 
that was that ended up coming together so well. I was impressed with the vibes of the swamp that we portrayed in that episode. But looking ahead, <clears throat> sorry, choking on my own <laughs> words, looking ahead to this episode here, I think I'm more excited for this one. Well, this topic is very close to your heart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've definitely told the story. I've told it many times on BG Mania, especially when I was actually working in the haunted house during the seasons of 2017, 2018, 2019, and a little bit of 2020. I didn't do it for the rest of 2020, and I didn't do it last year, and I'm not doing it this year. But I used to work at a, a local haunted house as the, like, quote-unquote main character of the mortuary haunted house and I basically played an undertaker or a caretaker or a funeral director, whatever you want to call it. That's the character I played. And I just kind of, you know, changed the character based on who I was interacting with. I miss being an actor sometimes. I did enjoy that. But when I came up with the idea to explore haunted houses in video games to make an episode about it, I didn't quite know what we would come up with and where we would go. And I know that's kind of silly to say because there are so many prime examples of whether it be mansions like Resident Evil, which we don't have anything from on the show today, or, you know, Luigi's Mansion, which I kind of cheated. I have a track from that later on. But there's there's a lot of examples of whether it's an actual haunted house or a haunted mansion. I think you mentioned last week, like we were going to stay away from haunted hotels and that kind of stuff, which we did. We actually successfully did that. We only did yeah. focus on houses and mansions, which we said we were going to do. Um, but there's a lot of, of stuff out there and a lot of content to pull from that fits this mold that I completely forgot about. Yeah, I hadn't really explored the topic very much, and I, I remembered some haunted house levels from games I played when I was a kid. I, I didn't frequently seek out any haunted house games because horror isn't really like my area of uh, of interest. Uh, I can enjoy it mine. if I'm with friends who like it, but yeah, def definitely one of yours. But the one exception to that, well, and I guess I didn't even seek this game out, but a friend when I was in middle school had the old uh, DOS game Phantasmagoria, and I did watch him play through enough of that that it, it really seriously game, came right? out. Was like a vampire? It's, it's like a, so it's a demon possession game. Oh, okay. Um, this uh, young married couple inherits this like old mansion or something, I think, and you play as the woman and she like explores this house. You control her and she explores this house. It's like a point and click type thing. And the more she discovers, the more she realizes there's something really, really bad going on in this house. And as time goes on, her husband uh, gets like more and more insane and you find out that he was possessed by a demon and he starts trying to like kill her and he hunts her through the house and it's it's a really really creepy game uh, if you haven't played it if you like this kind of thing i would definitely go check it out uh, i actually had a track from it um, until brian reminded me of what i said last week about a <laughs> about a special track that i ended up bringing so uh yeah uh, but it's 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 a cool it's a cool game not my cup of tea but i recognize that it was especially Is for it its time better it was than really cool. night trap never played night trap i know about its legacy but i never played it so <laughs> it's gotta be better than say. night trap although <laughs> 
Uh, now, granted, I did not listen to the track that you initially had on the playlist. I was saving it. But now that we didn't play it, I might have to listen to it, unless you're going to bring it for a future episode, and then I won't. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, throw it in for my radio hour for this month. There you go. Then I'll save it for that. I'll be curious to hear if it stands up to that classic Night Trap theme, because that is pretty 80s and pretty dope. Yeah, I won't say anything about it yet, but I, I, I think there are elements of it that I think you'll really appreciate. There are things about it that I know you like about songs. So Good. Well, then I'm looking forward to hearing it, and I only have a few more weeks to go until I get to then, so looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, so we are focusing today on the idea of haunted houses. And like I said, all of the tracks we brought today actually are a haunted house in a game, a haunted house level. The entire game may take place in a house. I really, dude, I really wanted to bring something from PT. That demo that was released back on the PlayStation 4 several years ago that Kojima did when he was going to be making a new Silent Hills game before Konami, like, shuttered everything. I really wanted to bring something from PT, and I looked up the soundtrack, and it's just so nothing. Like, there's no actual (laughs) tracks, basically. It's just ambient thunder and and noises and bumps in the night and that kind of stuff. There wasn't anything that I was like, this could even remotely make an interesting track for the show. But I love PT. I I actually, PT was one of the games I explored. I found a couple that Again, I, I think that the, the music was probably really good for what it was, um, for, like for the game, but it, I, I didn't really think it was good enough to bring for, uh, for the show. I, uh, I don't remember the names of most of them, but a lot of them were like Phantasmagoria. They were older, like point and click style games. So Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, a seventh guest was one that I thought oh, of. Oh, okay, um, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm familiar and, with that uh, one. Yeah, there was some there was some pretty cool music in there, but uh, but you said that the track I opened up with was actually on on your list, and it you was. got to uh, I you got, got to, to bump uh, it off. For I got to leave else, it yeah. off, yeah, because I always let you submit your tracks first. So I always tell you, you can put your tracks in the playlist first, and then I kind of build off of that going off of what you submitted and filling some gaps that I think might be missing. And that kind of thing happens surprisingly rarely. I know. (laughs) Where you and I have the same song. Yeah. And this was one that I think I had, because you always bring like so many potential tracks, and then you kind of (laughs) whittle them down. I usually just save a handful, usually a couple more than I need in case we have crossovers. Mm -hmm. But we don't usually. But that opening track you brought was something I initially had saved. And I think I had like 11 tracks or something saved and I only need seven. But um, I was happy to bump this one off because it allowed me to bring something else that I probably wouldn't have brought otherwise. But I think that's a great way to open the show. It's very classic, like carnival haunted house feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With the organ and uh, um, just that that nice creepy flavor and it was also the loop is nice and short so i thought it would make for a decent opening um i never played carnival though i'm guessing that you probably have i have played carnival yeah it was like an arcade shooter more or less um Uh, okay house of the dead it's a light gun game so similar to that gotcha that makes sense with the the images I'm seeing. Yeah, you're just shooting at like random enemies and that kind of stuff. It's all based around a carnival, which is why it has that like ringmaster sound to it almost. Um, it's an alright game. I wouldn't say it's great though. Yeah. 
Yeah, and honestly, most of the music was, uh, I thought it was kind of, it was okay, but uh, this one, you know, being the haunted house level, uh, I was glad that it was it was worth bringing. And yeah, couldn't think of a better opening among my tracks. So Yeah, and it, like I said, it definitely has that classic haunted house feel that you expect walking into some rundown, maybe a town carnival or something, right? It just springs up from time to time around the season. And they, uh, they have some rides there, some midway games, usually some food trucks or uh, they're not really trucks, are they? They're like food stalls, I guess. And yeah. usually yeah. a fun house or a haunted house. You ever yeah, been to one I'm, of those? Uh, I've been to a couple of like not not really carnival haunted houses, but uh, mm. in in my hometown growing up, they they had a couple of places that people always like to deck out for for haunted houses and uh, like people's actual houses. Were, yeah, um, okay. either actual houses or one was actually like a like a, a bed and breakfast that every Halloween they would like let it out so that people could uh, That's could. Cool you know, d- dress it up as, as a haunted house. And, and I went to a, I went to a Baptist church when I was a kid and they did what, you know, what are now called like hell houses, uh, heaven's gates, hell's flames is what they called yeah. it. And it's supposed to like scare people into not wanting to go to hell. <laughs> but, but really a lot of, a lot of teenagers. My, my understanding was, is hell's probably way cooler than heaven. So yep. From uh once you, once you don't, uh, don't really believe in um, the, <laughs> the, the doctrine of it anymore on, on the, the surface. Yeah, to talk does, to about that. does look that way. Yep. <laughs> but honestly, a lot of, a lot of people would go to, go to them just because it was, you know, it was creepy and weird and it, what yeah, did I, they I feel have like it backfired. to scare you from wanting to go to hell. First of all, they would usually start out with like these four teenagers getting into this car and uh, like three of them would be talking about evil stuff, like, like drinking or sex or doing drugs. And then all one of them would things. be like, one of them would, would, would be like, you know, saying they didn't really want to do that. And then there would be the sound of a car crash and the, um, one of them would get like escorted off stage by an angel and the other three would go through like these, it was like a pageant type thing. And you would, it, you know, it was in a church, so it didn't get like super gory or anything, but you'd hear like people yelling and, and screaming. And like these, these kids would be like trying to make excuses about how, you know, they didn't know, they didn't know all this stuff. And it was like, well, no, you had your chance. It's, it's really, really messed up. Stuff. That sounds awful. <laughs> It's 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 like it's evangelical chicanery at its at its best. This so, sounds so awful. Like yeah, it's I would really never psychologically sit through something like not that. cool. Yeah, I would never sit through something like that. That sounds yeah. Like I'd rather I don't know what I'd rather do. The topic the topic that we have tonight is much much more much more appealing. Um, I will have a little bit <laughs> less psychologically damaging, I think, uh, stuff uh-huh. to say about my evangelical upbringing and what it did for me and haunted houses later in the show. Oh but boy, we're going I a little long wait. for the intro, so I think I'm going to bring it back a little later. Okay. I can't wait to hear that, though. I'm already intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> I like when you get off on your stories and tangents about that because, oh, man, it's just, it's it's good times. It's real good times. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully listeners like um, Gustavo and, uh, is it Paul, you said? It was Paul. Okay, excellent. Good. I didn't embarrass myself. Hopefully our listeners like Gustavo and Paul like it, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a we we run the gambit of listeners. I'm sure, right? There's so many of them out there. So hopefully, we don't yeah. upset and piss anyone off. But hey, to each their own, right? Everyone's got their own views and opinions, and who's to say what's right and who's to say what's wrong? 
We don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about offending anybody with that. I was just hoping that they didn't mind me going off on tangents in general. Oh, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure they don't either. It, it's, it's good content. Bring it all. I'll put that cool, stuff up cool. any day. <laughs> I'm excited about your first block there, man. Yeah, me too, because I have some really fun tracks in this opening block of mine. Uh, one that I really enjoy, one that's a beautiful piano piece that if you haven't heard, I think you're going to really like. And then one that I actually forgot about that I kind of rediscovered while going through a bunch of tracks that I had saved in a Halloween playlist that I've just been adding to over the last like five years of doing this show. So um, I'm excited for this block. So let's kick things off with Mystic Mansion from Sonic Heroes. This released on January 6, 2004, and it was composed by ne- Neofumi Hitaya. I think I said that right. Hitaya? Hitaya? <laughs> Neofumi Hitaya? Neofumi Hitaya? Yeah. In June Sonoy. Next, let's take a listen to the main theme from Layers of Fear. This released on February 16th, 2016. It was composed by Arkadia Srykowski, featuring Penelope Wilman Zynalik. Mm-hmm. 
Last up in this block, let's take a listen to Haunted House from Maple Story, released on May 11th, 2005, composed by Studio EIM. Coming back in, we are talking about Mystic Mansion, again, from Sonic Heroes, composed by Naofumi Heitaya and Jun Sanoi. I love this, dude. I absolutely love this track Man, and how it sounds. I love this whole block and how how <laughs> each one, each track kind of explored a different, like, feeling that one could get from, from this theme. But yeah, this first track was so great. Uh, we were talking while we were listening to it that this this sounds more like classic Sonic than almost anything else that Jun Sinaway has done since Sonic Adventure. Um, it made you go look up Genesis covers of it. It did. I'm going to have to listen and uh, report back. But <laughs> I just kept picturing it done in like a Sonic 2 or Sonic 3 sound font and... It just, it sounds, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I really like about this track. The opening bells or chimes, Mm -hmm. right, that you hear again, like, later on after the loop hits. And the way that that kind of leads into that theremin almost sounding noise. I don't know if it is a theremin. It might be. It might not be. But, um... And then the beat yeah, drops, you, you get the bass kicking in, you get a really rocking guitar track because it's Sonic. You have to have that in there somewhere. Um, yep. This this takes you really on 
almost like a journey from start to finish in the almost three minutes that the track lasts as if you were going through a legit haunted house. That's cool. Yeah. I uh, I never played Sonic Heroes, I don't think. I might have gotten it on Gamefly once back in the day. Okay. But the, the soundtrack, though, I have explored quite a bit, and it's really, really good stuff if anybody hasn't checked it out. It is a good Sonic uh, soundtrack, and I did own, and I still may own, Sonic Heroes. I had the GameCube version at one time. I don't know if I still do. I may. But... I could not tell you what happened in this game. I do not remember. <laughs> it came out in 2003, uh, well, early 2004, G- uh, January 6, 2004. Um, I was 18. I had I had not even graduated high school yet, and I don't remember a damn thing about this game. I know that it involved, you, you played as like a team, a trio of characters that were connected, kind of like Knuckles Chaotix. I think you were connected by like magic rings and, uh, or Sounds power right. rings or whatever, you know, whatever you call them, depending on the game. And there was Team Sonic, which was Sonic Knuckles and Tails. Uh-huh. There was Team Dark, which was Shadow, Rouge, and I think Omega, the robot. There was Team Chaotix, which was Vector the Crocodile, Espio the Chameleon, and Charmy the Bee. And then there was another team, I think, uh, that had like Cream the Rabbit and Big the Cat. Yeah, but... Yeah, Team Rose with uh, Amy Rose as well. Oh, yeah, Team Rose. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it's Amy, Big, and Cream, but... That sounds right. Yeah, anyway, but I don't know anything else about it much. Um, Purnell has talked about a little bit on Rhythm and Pixels, and I think he's talked about how it's kind of like a lot of the modern Sonic games have gotten kind of glitchy in places, and that can interrupt the flow, but he still likes it despite that, so, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I I probably will not go back and ever play through it uh, again. I I swear, I I did play this game. I just don't remember a damn thing about it. Um, (laughs) I am looking forward to, and I probably shouldn't be, but I am looking forward to Sonic Frontiers next month. Um, I really Cautiously hope that ends optimistic. up being good. Yeah, I hope it ends up being good, but I know it's not going to be. Like, I just know it's not going to be. Yeah. There's no way it can be. I just, yeah, the, they we've just been disappointed time after time with 3D Sonic. And I just, yeah, I don't know. Yep. I don't... So. I don't think they're going to give it the kind of polish that it needs to be what they want it to be. One nice thing is it will have a good soundtrack, though. We've already heard snippets from it, so it will have a good soundtrack regardless. Yeah, you actually said that while we were listening. You can't go wrong with Sonic. Can't go wrong with Sonic. When it comes to soundtracks. That is true. (laughs) That is very true. Very, very true. You also can't go wrong with slow piano ballads. Yeah, man. And a very slow piano ballad, yes. By a very unsettling piece of music right like it does and it creeps up on you uh because it's really really nice and really beautiful when it first starts out and then Mm -hmm. it gets into like mysterious and i use the word ethereal when we were listening and then it just kind of keeps leaning in that direction and eventually you're finding yourself kind of creeped out (laughs) yeah it's a very it's a good feeling of creepiness right like it's so beautiful in a game that really is is like a tragic setting for what's going on. I'll, I'll talk about the game in a second. I have played the Layers of Fear game. Um, there's three, two, two, and then I think a side story. And then there's a third one coming out next year called Layers of Fears or something like that. Just plural fear. 
Um, I've uh, never heard of them, so yeah, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. They're really cool games, man. They're super cool games, super creepy games. But I do want to give a shout out again to Arcadius Rykowski, the composer of the of the game, and Penelope Wilman Seisnalak, who is the the female, if you want to call them vocals, that you're hearing throughout the track, kind of halfway oh, yeah. through. Um, but I like how this track, it, it, like you said, it starts slow and then it stops for several seconds. And then it picks up again in like another movement where you start getting a few more instruments introduced and you start hearing a little bit of, of Penelope in the background. And then it kind of stops again and you get like the strings introduced and the full actual vocals that are on this track layered in there. And then it stops one more time for complete silence for like another three seconds or so. And then it gets into like a very demented piano right like things sound Mm -hmm. out of tune yes things sound just even more eerie than they did before and i think that kind of uh whether whether you want to think of it as music box feel or jack in the box is that what that toy is called if you want to think of it maybe like that sound um layers of fear is a psychological horror game about this painter who is trying to create like his life's greatest achievement, right? His life's greatest work, more or less. But throughout the game and you playing the game and learning this really evil and dark past that he has, you start to see this painter go completely insane, get engulfed by madness and just some some really crazy stuff. And it all takes place in this house. And as you are going about the house, as you're going about room to room, the house starts shifting and things start appearing that maybe weren't there before. There's a lot of supernatural happening in this house. Um, You could turn the camera one way. Nothing's there. You look back to go the other way, you know maybe a wall has appeared behind you now and you can't go that way and then you turn back around and there's like a clue or some writing on the wall or like a really twisted painting that wasn't there before um the game and the reason that it's called layers of fear is that it keeps building on the suspense and like the what's going to happen next by layering pieces of this house together as you go which was a really cool idea. That is really cool. And it just makes me think, you know, kind of like your first three tracks, you know, portray different feelings of of the theme we're exploring today. You know, there's different uh, flavors of spooky, creepy or haunted houses. You know, it can be right. Um, a lot of a lot of stories kind of toe that line between is it truly supernatural is it psychological where you're just like you're doing it to yourself you're psyching yourself out uh sometimes almost like generally what it is is it yeah is it evil that is like pretending to be supernatural but really it's just like you know a gang or bad guys or something like that that are just trying to scare people away from this place um but yeah a lot of times it uh it is it's in your head and I guess here's where I can kind of briefly touch on what I was talking about. So being raised evangelical, um, when I was, I mean, up until, up until my young adult years, 
um, when I started getting more more Epicurean and more like, you know, what is is what is and anything that we can't, you know, see or ex- test with the instruments we have. Anyway, not th- th- that's uh, more Epicurean for people who know what that means. Um, up until then, I firmly and fully believed in the existence, not specifically of ghosts, but of spirits, of angels and demons. And I believed that what people thought were ghosts were actually, usually demons that were trying to, like, distract them or scare them or whatever. Um, And, like, really, truly, firmly believed it. And I would psych myself into thinking that I, like, could feel the presence of demons if I was in a scary place. Um, And so horror movies really, really thoroughly freaked me out because that's what I thought I was. I didn't didn't think it was weird. My, my, um, I guess the, the depth, and again, I don't want to offend anybody who still believes this because I understand, but... From my yeah, I think you understand now, more than most, yeah. From my perspective now, I was delusional because I had fallen into this, like, massive group delusion that millions of, of people now and billions of people historically have held. But when I was watching horror movies, I knew I was watching fiction. So those weren't real demons on the screen, but it was fictional portrayals of things that actually could happen due to demonic forces. And... Things like what you're talking about with this um, this game, um, you know, people people will, and and it's deep in our culture. It's not just in Christianity, of course. The idea of evil, malevolent spirits preying on people is as old as any anything you could call religion. So, it's really, really a deep seated thing that all of us, uh, I think, deal with on some level. It is, man. It is. It absolutely is. I've never, you know, kind of ever been in that culture or in that scene, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, it was never forced upon me, and um, I, I just chose to go my own route. But um, right, I, I see all sides of it. I do. Like, I, I see all sides of it. I just, I, 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 I still am under the. The, the belief of we have no freaking idea what is really out there. We really don't. Yeah. Trip on acid. Trip on acid <laughs> or take shrooms. Okay. Do one of those two things and tell me the shit you're seeing is not really there because it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the question is how, how far can the human brain really take us before what we're experiencing is something beyond what the human brain could conceive of? And that's the thing. We There's can the only we can only perceive what we're able to, right? Like, okay, right. we're gonna take this totally deep, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. I am really high at the moment too. But um <laughs> we've only unlocked so much potential of our brain, right? And and of of humanity. There's so much more that we are technically capable of and that we could probably technically transcend. Like, what do they say? There's like 11 dimensions or something crazy like that, but we only know of four, like, you know, the 1D, the 2 perceive the 3D, and then 4 is time. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so many more out there, and, like, that's been proven, I guess, yeah, there have been science. attempts to. Yeah, there have been attempts to run experiments testing the theories that there are more dimensions than we can perceive. I, and 
that stuff is really interesting to me. And like you were talking about with uh, with shrooms and other psychedelics, the the, the way Who's to that say it that's not feels a like it's in, yeah, the way it feels like it's increasing our awareness to be able to perceive more things. Who's to say the trees don't breathe or things don't move that to us just don't look like they are moving? Maybe you know they what, are. Would, if we if we did did taglines or or subtitles on the show, who's to say the trees don't breathe would be, <laughs> would, be that would be the caption. <laughs> who's to say the trees don't breathe? Because they're alive. And if uh, and if maple trees breathed, what kind okay. of story do you think they would tell, Brian? All right, good good transition to get us out of that. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. They would tell a maple story. That's what they would. They tell would tell you. a maple story. They would tell you a maple story. <laughs> and my last track there comes from Maple Story, aptly called Haunted House. This was composed by uh, Studio EIM. I, I never have been able to find individual composers for Maple Story. I feel like it's just like a massive team that kind of works on this music because it is mm. an MMO that has been out forever, right? This game's been, oh, it's over a decade old. I think it's even older than that. It's only been on Steam for over a little, little over a decade. But it's a 2D MMORPG that I played a little bit of back in the day, but it never really hooked me. It didn't actually get me coming back for more. I think I only ever got up to like level 10 or 15 in this game. And you can get like ungodly levels at this point. So many. But um, <laughs> we have played a track from Maple Story's Halloween event before on this show. There's a couple different Halloween tracks in Maple Story. I have them all saved on the playlist. Um, this track here, Haunted House comes from their Haunted Manor event, which takes place usually around Halloween time for, I want to say like two weeks or so. Uh, last year it ran from October 19th through November 2nd. I assume it'll run around the same time this year, but you basically get to explore this spooky mansion, do some quests, unlock some new rewards, unlock some new costumes, items to use for your character, and then go about your merry way, continue to play the game. I don't really know what you do in Maple Story. Like, it's not Warcraft. I know that. And it's not as intricate as what you have to do in, in games like World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV or Lost Ark or things like that. I don't really know what you do, but a lot of people <laughs> play this game, dude. It's yeah, free to your play. Your guess is as good as mine. It's another one that I've only experienced through uh, VGM podcasts. So it looks cool, though. It's it's kind of kind of you know uh, visually appealing with the two D art style and the colorful graphics. It's not bad. There you go. And yeah. this track, uh, super cool, man. You mentioned it kind of feels like uh, what did you say? Was it the the Hall of the Mountain King? Oh, um, Night on Bald Mountain. The, Night on Bald um, Mountain. The, the Chernabog scene. Well, I knew from it was Fantasia. one of the. I knew it was one of the something like that. Hall yeah, of the, people Hall get of the Mountain mixed up. King. It's, what is? Yeah, that, that's from something else. Isn't uh, it? In in the Hall of the Mountain King is. Thank you. Yeah, that's that classic track. Yeah, yeah. This one, Night on Bald Mountain, is the the do 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 anyway the the turnabog from fantasia yeah it does have that feel to it though you are not wrong you are definitely not wrong another classic haunted house sounding track though yeah really really cool track i like this one a lot yeah me too i enjoyed that block me too man me too i'm excited for you to hear my first block because there's some there's some weird stuff and unexpected stuff in this one but it's all it's all really good and uh um 
last track in this block is really surprisingly, I don't know, epic, I guess would be a good cool word for it, but okay. rocking, another cool word for it. But Ooh, okay. we're going to start out, though, with a, a pair of kind of, you know, the, the comedy horror uh, leans into itself. Uh, doesn't take itself too seriously, I guess. Leans into itself doesn't make any sense at all. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking tre- of things. The trees breathe, Bedroth. There you go. The trees breathe and and then lean into themselves. But speaking of things that don't make much sense, our first track is uh, Mudville Mansion or Spooky Spire from Clay Fighter 63 and a third, released October 23rd, 1997, composed by Richard Band and Rick Jackson.
Next up, we're listening to Haunted Mansion Stage from Bouncers, released in 1994, composed by Christopher Stevens. Last up in this block, we're listening to Haunted House from Pockin Tournament, released March 18, 2016, composed by Hiroki Hashimoto.
Alright, coming back in from my first block, we are talking about Mudville Mansion, or Spooky Spire, from Clay Fighter 63 and a third. And can I just say, I love the Naked Gun reference, the fact that Clay Fighter 64 mm -hmm. was actually Clay Fighter 63 and a third. <laughs> I love it, dude. This entire game is just, it, it's very comedic. And I think that's I why I enjoyed it. Yeah, it so much back in the day. So tongue-in-cheek, so satirical. One of the rare, you know, fighting games that wasn't just a clone of something that came before, but it really was able to stand stand out from the crowd, even if it wasn't great. I mean, like this, Primal Rage is another one that's kind of like that. Um, but these were, these were fun games. And I don't know, I don't remember who the character would have been for either of these stages, because the... The main character I remember is Bad Mr. Frosty. <laughs> I, I would assume it has to be Ichibod oh, Clay. Ichibod Clay. Yeah. yeah. I just remembered Ichibod Clay. I would assume it has to be him. Though, I mean, does this really fit in like a Sleepy Hollow setting? Probably not. But he's Probably the only not, character I could think of that like yeah. fits the theme. I mean, everything else was... Everything was always kind of fast and loose with these games, so it didn't necessarily have to be Sleepy Hollow-ish, even True. though, you know, it's Icky Bot Clay. But, but yeah, this is a cool cool track, though. And I, and I, I wonder knew you if like it's those, for uh, Taffy. Laughs. It, it might be, but again, there's nothing candy-ish about the names. No, but he's a former circus freak. Okay, that's true. And this that's track true. does have, much like your Carnival track from the beginning, it has a very big top feel to it okay i'm looking at the list of characters there is a character a default character in the game named bonker who is almost definitely a clown wikipedia says bonker is a former children's entertainer he went insane years ago and now seeks revenge on anybody who laughed at him in his life okay and this with track a perpetual has scowl yeah, with a perpetual scowl on his face and a somber tone of voice, Bonker's homicidal mania belies his flamboyant dress and makeup. Attacking with cream pies, mallets, and a portable cannon, Bonker has many ways to make his enemies suffer. <laughs> with so, the, with yeah. the knowledge of the laugh, I have a feeling that's for him then, because that was a standout part of the track, that laugh. It says that Ichibod Clay resides in his own haunted mansion which that makes sense with the Mudville Mansion track. I wonder if this track just plays for both. It, it does say, because I'm going to bet maybe that the Spooky Spire, that could be like a like a circus level, uh -huh. maybe? Yeah, big top. Like yeah, a circus spire. spire? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it probably plays for both, which is good because that means it also qualifies as a haunted house. So It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it definitely sounds like haunted house music any way you slice it, though. It really does. It really does. Super but cool I love track. It even though it's creepy, it's also funny, like with, with that the maniacal laugh, like you said. Yeah. Like I said, that was definitely a standout part of the, the track, and you and I both got a kick out of it when we were listening to it, and you're like, let's go back and listen to that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the part at the very end of the loop is, is just really cool, like the last 10 seconds leading up to the end of the loop. But fun track i was excited to find this I, I would never have thought to look at the clay fighter soundtracks because you know first two games as fun as they were i don't remember the soundtracks at all and this one though this this popped out at me so good job clay fighter 63 and a third good job or i guess uh, richard band and rick jackson there you go there you go good job guys good job <laughs> 
But yeah, that uh, that kooky laugh is actually probably what ended up uh, putting my my next track on the list. We're talking about the Haunted Mansion stage from Bouncers, which is a bonkers-looking game. <laughs> it's a bouncers-looking game. Yeah, there you go. And neither you nor I had nope. ever heard of this. <laughs> it was only um, released in North America, too. Like, was never released yeah, outside of the States. And again, Wikipedia uh, says that Bouncers is a combination fighting game and basketball game with the player as the ball. Uh, Next Generation reviewed the game, rating it three stars out of five, and stated that it's wow. goofy as hell and a complete blast. However, it's such an odd concept for a game that it seems like you'd either love it or hate it. Fortunately, we liked it. <laughs> You have it sounded like one, you looked up some two, some gameplay three, footage. Four, I did five, six, seven, eight characters. They all play identically, but they look different. You have Ugg the caveman ball, Foo the martial <laughs> arts expert ball, Tank the military man ball, Zap the magician ball, Chip the precocious uh, precocious kid ball, Dash the superhero ball. Gog the alien creature ball and Spike the rock star ball and you're basically like you said you're playing these anthropo uh, anthropomorphic basketballs and you, you you have to yeah you have to like a lot of people a lot of people can't say that when they're not high it's tough <laughs> um, you have to like dunk yourself into hoops to score points in this game but the catch is that the balls themselves cannot reach the hoops, so they have to bounce off one another to actually score points. Hence, bouncers. So you're trying to to bounce off the other balls uh -huh. with uh, keeping them away from the basket, but also getting yourself into the basket. It would appear so. <laughs> See, it doesn't sound like a bad concept. It may, maybe if they had actually put as much attention into designing the way the characters played as they did designing the characters themselves. Right. It would have been a bigger hit. I don't know. Each stage is like you and another ball. It looks like you only like, I don't know if there's other game modes, but the one I'm looking at here, it's one V one more or less in a timer that counts okay. down quarters. And there's multiple stages. There's like an outer space stage. It looks like it's on the moon. There's a, like a winter stage. There's like a volcano stage. Uh, there's like a Greek stage, a downtown hmm. stage, an underwater stage, and then of course the haunted mansion stage. And each stage has like two rings on the sides of the screen that you have to bounce yourself into. So the haunted mansion stage is this like spooky mansion in the background. There's a graveyard. It's all purple. And there's two skeletons hanging on the sides of the screen. And the rib cages form the hoops that you're trying to bounce into. Okay. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool. Man, it sounds like this game had... Maybe Good like ideas. It, it had a lot of decent elements, but they just for some reason didn't come together into, you know, into a meaningful whole. But... Um, that's where Frank would say, I'd like to come into somebody's meaningful hole, but we're not going to go there. No, but um, you did. Yeah. So, this, <laughs> mission accomplished. But, <laughs> this, you're welcome, Frank. Um, but now this track, though, it's kind of like that Sonic track. Not as good. I won't say it's as good, but it has that groovy slash creepy feel to it where you got that nice Genesis bass, but you've also got the theremin. Um, and I, I told you, I, I felt like it, it sounded like a spooky Toe Jam and Earl level. It does. But yeah, the, uh, the crazy different kinds of laughs is really what made me... I wanted to pair that with the Clay Fighter track, specifically because of that. Okay. Um, 
This game was developed by Dynamics. Are you familiar with their work at all? No. I don't. Maybe. So Dynamics is a subsidiary of Sierra Entertainment, who okay, I'm, I'm sure you have heard of. Yeah, Sierra is very popular back in the day for and sure. And I, I don't. It looks like they've done quite a few games based on their Wikipedia site. I haven't. Uh, this was published by EA uh, back in '94, um, but developed developed by Dynamics. The only other game on this long list of games, though, that I remember is a PC game called Hunter Hunted. You ever heard of that? No, I don't think so. So think it was... Okay, this is actually... Okay, this is a list of Sierra titles, actually, I think. Because Hunter Hunted was developed by KAA and published by Sierra. Okay. But it's a it's a cool game that we should explore some other time because it has nothing to do with this topic. But okay. we'll, we'll put it on the list. We'll... Uh, yeah. We'll... Somewhere. Remind, remind me of that. Yeah. Maybe we could do Monsters next year, and that, that might be a good one. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That might, that might work. I don't think we've done that yet, so that'll work out. Yeah. But speaking of monsters, we're going to move into the realm of pocket monsters. That one was totally by accident. Look at me. <laughs> but we'll take and, it. And uh, we're going to go to uh, <laughs> to Pocket Tournament, which uh, you said you have not played this game. I have not. Um, I, you know, I've definitely mentioned before, uh, multiple times that I tend to jump into Pokemon games but never finish them. Uh, and I'll do it again next month when uh, mm-hmm. Scarlet and Violet come out. I'm going to be buying whichever version that Frank and Kyle are not. They're getting the one without the girl, so I will get the one <laughs> with the girl. I'd rather get that one anyway. Um, yeah. I just don't remember what color that is. But I always start them. I play them for several hours, and then I just stop. So when a yeah. Pokemon fighting game was announced... I like fighting games, but I'm not really attached to Pokemon, so this never appealed to me that much. Well, and with me, I'm not super attached to the Tekken style of fighting game. If this were a different kind of fighting game, I probably would have been a lot more into it. Uh, it's impressive for what it is. Like, if you like the Tekken engine and you like Pokemon, you should definitely check That's this game Tekken out. the Tekken team, is it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And it, it plays like a Tekken game um, from, from everything I remember. Uh, I played the demo, and, and it was fun. It was cool. The one thing that I remember pe- hearing people say is that they wish it had a broader cast of characters um, and that it was kind of weird, some of the Pokemon that were chosen for this, like Chandelure in a fighting game. That's kind of interesting. Hey, Chandelure is <laughs> a cool Pokemon, though. But, one of the um, the big the fighters in the game is Gengar, and of course it's a it's a heavy fighter, and this has to be the Gengar level. And dude, you I think, think so far so. this might be so far this might be my track of show. I probably agree with you. Um, so far, <laughs> I have no, yeah. So far, I have not heard a ton of the Pokken Tournament soundtracks. I've probably heard more than I realize I have. But um, not a lot of them just stick out to me. You know, I've only heard them in passing. Mm-hmm. Don't have any experience with them in games to kind of tie them to personal memories. But I wasn't expecting dubstep. And I'm always okay with dubstep. <laughs> yeah. And this, I mean, this track has a little bit of everything. It's got that kind of classic horror sound, the rock horror. It's got the dubstep thing going for it. Uh, you mentioned Thriller at one point. Yeah. Yeah, so it does kind of you know have some aspects of thriller, but I, mm-hmm. and I, I think your uh, haunted mansion stage from Bouncers also had some aspects of thriller as well from Michael Jackson. Oh yeah, 
yeah for sure but yeah i don't uh, i the, the reason that I, I kept this one on, on the list and actually bumped a different Pokemon track for it, which then you ended up bringing. Which I have. Um, yep. Uh, was because it just kept surprising me in, in all the best ways. Like it, every 30 seconds or so, it would move on to this slightly different genre and you could hear it build and it always delivered. Like whenever it moved on to the next thing, it just like it was even better. And really really enjoyed this track yeah i did too i'm glad you brought this um i like that you know while we have a very what i would say is a set sound of this episode so far we do have tracks Mm -hmm. like this that go in completely different directions to kind of put a nice break every now and then yeah we've had some some really some different flavors to it because like i said your first three tracks were all fairly different from each other and um Looking at this next block we're coming into, I think we're going to get into some even more different territory. And I know that my last block is is pretty eclectic as well. So nice, um, man. I'm excited. We're only halfway done, man. And, halfway uh, I'm done. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, we're halfway there. So let's go ahead and move in to my next block of three tracks. And we're going to follow up your Nintendo track from Pocket Tournament with an entire block of Nintendo. So let's go ahead and start things off with Luigi's Mansion, the GameCube version from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. This released on April 28th, 2017, and it was composed by Shiho Fuji.
This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Coming up next, let's take a listen to Mansion Stage from Metopia. This released on July 28th, 2017, and it was composed by Toshiyuki Sudo, Shinji Ushiroda, Yumi Takahashi, and Megumi Anoi. Last up, we're going to take a listen to Old Chateau from Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. This released on November 19th, 2021, and it was composed by Go Ichinos and arranged by Shota Kageyama. Thank you. 
Coming back in, we are talking about the Luigi's Mansion stage from the GameCube version. And this is actually from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, again, composed by Shiho Fuji. Um, we've played a lot of Mario Kart music and, and probably a lot of Mario Kart 8 music, but it's just so freaking good. Like, all of the music that was composed for that game is stellar. And yeah, I Mario Kart really, 8 is it, it's just so great. good, man. It's so good. And I really like this rendition of that main theme of Luigi's Mansion. If you remember the stage in 8 Deluxe, it all takes place primarily inside the mansion. You're going up and down the mm -hmm. levels and the floors and the stairs and... Yeah. Yeah, I do remember this one. I remember a part uh, where you could take a shortcut inside the mansion if you turn and go through a mirror. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, this was this was a really cool track, man. I still haven't uh, broken down and gotten the the expansion pass, and the kids and I haven't played Mario Kart Eight in in a while. We'll have to we'll have to go back and get that and well, go. There's through and so play many some. courses now that have been added since release. Mm -hmm. Like there was what there It'll was that like a, second a expansion pass, right? And now they're on another yeah. expansion pass. They're yep. just constantly adding <laughs> things. And it's really cool that 8 Deluxe, for being a Wii U game, has existed the entire life cycle of the Switch. I think that's also yep. sad, but it's kind of <laughs> cool. Where's my Mario Kart 9? Yeah, it really, you know, makes you wonder. Makes you wonder if they're... They have to do a 9. They can't just they keep doing, like, 8 DLC in perpetuity. No, it's not going to be not 8 Nintendo Triple Deluxe when the, when the Super Switch comes out. They're not going to just do another 8. I, I'm telling Super you. Super Ultra Hyper Mario yeah, Kart 8 I'm Triple Deluxe. <laughs> 9 is being saved for whatever's following up the Switch, because that's definitely closer than most people realize. Yeah, I mean, Mario Kart is a system seller, so... I mean, it's look at uh, it. It's the best-selling you know. game on the Switch, and it's a Wii U game. Yep. <laughs> so mind-blowing yeah, for sure. Cool track, though. But this is a cool track, yeah. And like I said, it's kind of got theremin. Well, like I said while we were talking, it's kind of got theremin overload. But as you said, you you can't have a topic like this without theremin. No, it's your like you said when we were listening. It's our ghost sound, right? Like it's what everybody yeah. uses <laughs> for that classic ghost vibe because it just fits so well. For sure. Classic cool track. track, man. Yeah, cool track. All of these tracks in this block really highlight Nintendo at their spookiness, I think, right? Like, Nintendo's good they do. at making yeah. some, some spooky music when they really apply themselves to it. And I think that can they be... They know what they're doing. They do. And that can definitely be showcased in Stage Mansion from Metopia, again, composed by a, a quartet of composers, Toshiyuki Sudo, Shinji Ushiroda, Yumi Takahashi, and Megumi Inoue. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with Metopia. Most of my Metopia experience comes secondhand from when I was with Jessica. This was one of her favorite games on the 3DS, and then it got ported to the Switch eventually, which, you know, she played the living crap out of both. Um, the, mm -hmm. the mansion within Metopia is called Manor Macabre, and it's basically a sub-area of another world, I guess. I guess there are worlds in Metopia that you're traveling through. Um, and it says it's accessible by the first vampire mission. And it can also randomly show up as a random dungeon in the post-game quests. It looks like it falls... I don't know what levels there are in Metopia, but it's like the range is from 19 to, to 50, so there's definite 
monsters of all levels within <laughs> the manor macabre. Um, cool looking area, though. It looks very similar in style and aesthetic to Luigi's Mansion. I really, really like the instrumentation in this track. It's it's so eclectic, to bring out that word. Those of you who are playing bingo at home, scratch that off. Yeah, you fell in love but, with this track when we were listening to it. Yeah, man. It's just kind of like that, that pocket track. It just kept surprising me in in all the best ways. Just really, really cool stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, a, a different kind of sound from the other Nintendo tracks we're playing on the episode today and really probably a different sound than anything else we're playing on the episode today. Um, definite spooky vibes, right? I mean, it has to, but mm-hmm. it, it yeah. plays around with that notion of of macabre and I think that's kind of yeah. cool. It's playfully spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I mean, it's perfect for the game it's in because that's that's Metopia to a T. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And most of my experience with this game, kind of like yours, is secondhand through uh, Shukapau, uh, who borrowed it from RJ, who I mentioned last time, uh, mm-hmm. is developing that uh, or Aura. is writing that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aura. Aura. Yes. Thank you. But uh, but yeah, and and she liked it. Well, what she played of it. But yeah. It's, yeah. It's good stuff. Super cool. And then we move in to what we both probably agreed is the spookiest track on the show today. Yeah, the the purest, truly spooky track coming from a Pokemon game, of all things. Yeah, Pokemon. I mean, I guess this is the remake. <laughs> I guess Pokemon did give us Lavender Town, so. True, and this <laughs> has a lot of elements of Lavender Town, I think. Um, but this is the old Chateau from the remakes of Diamond and Pearl, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Um, I never, th- this is actually one that I've never played. Um, when Diamond, when Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl came out last year, I was going to buy um, Shining Pearl, I think it was. Maybe it was Brilliant Diamond. It had to be one of the two, uh, whichever one Frank yeah. doesn't have. And I never ended up picking this up. So I have no experience <laughs> and I've never played the originals. So I have no experience with this game or this area, but I did look it up. And the old chateau is an abandoned mansion sitting on the edge of Eterna Forest. And it looks like Ghastly is uh, one of the main Pokemon or the only Pokemon potentially that you encounter. Now there's others. Rotom is sense. in there. I mean, yeah, but yeah. Ghastly is the main uh, one. Other- other ghost types. Man, some of those ghost type Pokemon have some, well, all Pokemon, but some of the ghost types especially have some really, really, really disturbing Pokedex entries. <laughs> they really do. They really do. But disturbing is also a good word, I think, for this track, right? It, it's very... Yeah. It, it's different. It's different. And I think that piano adds a layer of, of beauty to the track that really just makes it even creepier kind of like that layers the of dissonance track. of the piano is really great the uh just the total like arrhythmia the fact that there's not um a meter to this it's it's totally just loose yeah and of course all the you know the sound effects the the makes you feel like you're surrounded you know, like, by like ghosts the, 
It does. It, it, yeah, that's, there you go. That's the best way to put it. And that's, like, probably what they're going for in this area, right? They want you to feel like you're surrounded by ghosts. Like, yep. I don't think this basement is haunted. My previous basement was definitely haunted um, <laughs> that I lived in. But I don't think this studio basement apartment is haunted. But, hey, I'd be okay if it was. I'll pull out my, uh, my tri-field meter, my spirit box, <laughs> see what we can contact. All right, man. Better you than me. Even even though in my head I don't believe in that stuff anymore, and in my gut I totally still do. <laughs> so you've never been ghost hunting? Um, not officially. Uh, there is a the little town. <laughs> uh, I, I grew up in a town of like 5,000 people, and there was a little town over that has like a population in the hundreds. Um, and is at one point I heard it was per capita the most haunted town in the state. Okay. Um, so there were a lot of places to go that were that were creepy. There was an old abandoned college that hadn't been, the, the building still stood, but the college hadn't actually, nobody had met there for decades. Um, and so kids would always like break in and like go through and look at the, you know, look into different rooms. And so supposedly you could sometimes hear like children playing or hear like a teacher teaching in, a, in an empty classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a in the graveyard there are all kinds of stories about it because the graveyard apparently was also built on what else but an old indian burial ground always and yeah so you could hear like like war cries coming from the trees on the other side of the of the graveyard there was a, a bridge where you could hear there was a story that a um uh, a woman had lost her her child there because Always. it had drowned in the yeah. creek that used to run under the cry bridge. Crybaby bridge. Every and small so, town yep. in America has a crybaby bridge. Has a crybaby bridge, mm-hmm. and you could hear the baby crying, but you could also, on certain nights, you could hear the woman like weeping at the top of the bridge. And yeah, just I mean, just talking about this stuff, a chill just went down my spine, just remembering what it was like being a kid in that town. I love that type of stuff, obviously. Um, I've been ghost hunting a few times, and I'm telling you, man, if the trees can breathe, (laughs) then there are other things out there in other dimensions, right? Like, we don't really know what these radio frequencies and what we are tapping into is actually catching. Because I also believe in the stone tape theory that, you know, uh, Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures often talks about the stone tape theory where these objects in the world are able to absorb energy and absorb like things especially tragic things that happen around them and that gets stored in like a brick or rock or something like that right or or just the earth like it gets stored there and you're you're picking up on elements of that being just released as energy i totally believe that i mean yeah i mean very well even from from a, a purely Again, Epicurean perspective, where a perspective where you only believe in what you can perceive, even from that perspective, like you said, there are things out there that are we know are beyond our perception without the use of instruments. I mean, just things like infrared and ultraviolet light. Absolutely. Um, and so maybe when we die, there is some 
part of us that exists in another dimension already, but we'll only be able to perceive it after we lose our connection to the physical three dimensions. I think it's a very Maybe when we're in that dimension, we yeah. still have some kind of connection to this one. And this really is people who now only exist in on these other layers of reality who are trying to communicate with us. Maybe it's so. Fascinating to think about, dude. Like, because really again, is. you really don't know, right? Like, you really don't and anything is possible or maybe maybe it's the uh, the programmers of the simulation just just messing with us you know yeah which is another <laughs> very real possibility because <laughs> you think of all of the things that are quote unquote coincidental right like everything mm-hmm. just works everything fits together right people came up uh mathematic like mathematics are a universal language that through binary code anyone would be able to understand how how because it was programmed. Yeah. yeah. And Deja Vu is just a soft reboot. Deja Vu is just a soft reboot. You've experienced there you it before. subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, man. appreciate where we take these episodes now. I've never had more fun doing this. Awesome. It's one of the highlights of my week, dude. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. And I am really excited to get into this next block of tracks with you because I think that you are going to love all three of these. I'm excited. And we're gonna start things off with uh, kind of a kind of an out of left field choice, I, I guess. Uh, probably not a game a lot of people think of first, but we're gonna listen to Boo Haunted House from the Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures, released September twentieth, twenty thirteen, and composed by Sam Beddoes.
second in this block of three, we're going to listen to Grave Manor from Scribblenauts Unlimited, released November 13, 2012, composed by David J. Franco. Closing out this block with my final track of the night, we're going to listen to Through the Masquerade from Till Morning's Light, released May 21st, 2015, composed by Jake Kaufman, featuring the vocals of Jesse Seeley. i 
coming back from my second block of tracks, we are talking about Boo Haunted House oh, from the Angry Video me. Game Nerd Adventures. Yep, yep, sorry about that, man. Occupational hazard. <laughs> Being a spooky podcast host. Yeah, wasn't ready for that. <laughs> man, what a cool little track. Yeah, this is... Couldn't stay still listening to this track. A cool little game, too, dude. Like, not only is the soundtrack fun, yeah. but... When they announced, and I, I am a big fan of of James. I'm a big fan of the Anger Video Game Nerd. Um, I he's definitely got his moments. He, he's <laughs> got so many moments, in my opinion. <laughs> but when they announced they were doing like a retro classic style game, like Mega Man ish, Castlevania ish, right? Like when they said they announced they were going to be doing this starring him. Because mm-hmm. what he makes fun of, right? He makes fun of a lot of retro games and some newer games now as he's expanded. And the series has been going on for like 10 plus years, so he's had to expand. But um, it was cool getting to play kind of like a parody on what he makes fun of in that style. I wasn't expecting it to be as fun as it was. And I certainly wasn't expecting the soundtrack to be as dope as it was. It's really cool. Yeah, this was... It's. I like the darkness in this track because I think that's what really makes this sound haunted housey. The instrumentation um, and like you know the rhythm, they don't scream haunted house. No pun intended. But there's a there's an aura of spookiness to this that I that I think is. It's really cool. It's getting late, and I'm not as eloquent as I was earlier in the show. But yeah, okay. this this music be I cool stuff. This this music <laughs> be cool. There you go. <laughs> There's a lot of um, going through and looking at screenshots to remind me of how this game is. There are a lot of areas that actually fit the the season of Halloween, right? There's like a, a boss battle with like a floating devilish Satanist type monster. There's mm-hmm. some ghosts floating around, which I'm assuming is from this stage. The um you know haunted house stage. There's some ghosts floating around. There's even like a giant floating meatball eye, which is kind of creepy. And uh some some yeah. goblins too. <laughs> or I think they're goblins and they're pooping. <laughs> Yeah, this game definitely it's it, it's hilarious because it plays with all the all the classic tropes of video games and it does it so well. Yeah. Great track though. You asked me if I would classify this as dubstep. And I don't think I would. I think I would classify it more as just like I could be totally wrong. But I I would classify it more as like trance music or just house music, I guess. Gotcha, um, okay. But it certainly has elements of the wub dubstep sound in there. <laughs> I am hearing the house elements now that you mention. Yeah. I'm not great at identifying genre without a little bit of help, but then once you start talking about it and I remember things, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that sounds right. <laughs> and I get everything confused all the time because I never know what planet I'm on, so especially this time of night. Well, you know, it's all it's all arbitrary anyway. <laughs> true, true. Are we going to go off on another tangent? Because I could go off on some planets now. I think I'm too tired for tangents at this point, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even though that, uh, that Angry Video Nerd track, Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures track, even though it woke me up while we were listening, um, 
and uh, and this next one really really kept me on my toes as well. It seems to be kind of a sub theme tonight of tracks that uh, that keep surprising me as they yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love and these yeah, games. This... First of all, dude, like Scribble Knots is oh yeah, such the Scribble Knots games are really fantastic. Idea. Getting to come up with whatever, and off draw so it, well. make up a word, and it just make you know appears in the game. It was such a cool idea. And, and unlike that bouncers game where they had a cool idea but they didn't really pull it off, these guys really, really did this well. Like they, oh yeah. they made it work, which is just magical. Is this the most recent Scribblenauts game? No. Uh, there was Showdown, which I do remember now. It was uh, oh yeah. a party game that I did not get into because it kind of deviated from the Scribblenauts formula, which is also why the yeah. game got like blasted in reviews. Like it did not do well. Yeah, I knew from the first trailer I saw that I was like, yeah, I think I'm think I'm going to skip that one. But yeah, but the classic Scribblenauts, though, it's just it's really, really good stuff. Yeah, I played a lot of those games Um most of them to completion and had a blast going through them and just kind of seeing what I could come up with from my brain that actually was programmed to be in the game. It's kind of cool. And you know, on this track, there's that like, uh, around the maybe like minute and 30 minute and 40 second mark where it gets into like a grungy sounding guitar for a second. And then it goes into more like a faster paced. I I almost want to say like, circusy feel but it's not but it kind of feels like it in a way too yeah it's it's funny how you and I end up like in the same area what would I call this it's like if, if there were a Saturday morning cartoon about like scary stuff this would be the theme song <laughs> okay yeah so it's got it's yeah it's not quite circus like you said but it's like you know it's like horror horror rock kind of and you get some of that you know classic funeral parlor style organ obviously mm-hmm. grave yep. manner would have to be yeah yeah i love the part where the like like you said where everything drops out except the organ and the piano it's just really really good track there was some really great music on this playlist tonight man and we're not done I know, because now, now we're coming to the track that I teased last week, a really obscure pick by Jake Kaufman from, from a game that I, I really doubt our listeners have, have played. Have if you have played it. this game, if you have played this game, please, please reach out to us and let us know, because I would love to hear from somebody who actually played this. Uh, way back when I was doing really early research for very good music i had the idea that i wanted to do a way forward showcase i never got around to it because we just we never slotted it in and then i started doing seasons and i thought well it might be cool if we did a season of developer showcases i'll put it on the list and we'll now the show's ending so yeah we can we could do that but this was going to be my playout track for that way forward showcase and I don't even remember exactly how I found it. I think I stumbled across it and I was like, oh, this sounds really obscure and cool. And the more I looked into it, the the story really grabbed me. And I ended up watching a long play of almost all of the game just to like kind of get a feel for how the music was. And I was thinking, eh, I mean, it's kind of cool. The music's kind of samey though. It doesn't really go a lot of places. And then I started kind of clicking ahead and fast forwarding through it because visually, I mean, it's it's an iOS game, so it, it's not like fantastic. And even the gameplay started looking really, really, really samey after a while. It's timing. It's a it's a 
I don't really know even how I would describe it. It's kind of a, it's it's definitely kind of horror-esque, but as far as the, the way it plays, it's not really an RPG, but kind of. Um, there are like action or timing-based attacks that you can do uh, on, okay, well here. The fan wiki <laughs> describes Til, Til Morning's Light as a spooky adventure puzzle single-player video game. Okay. So you play as this girl named Erica Page, who she's a teenage girl, um, and she gets tricked by these other two girls into going into this house that is supposedly haunted. Um, and after they after they get her in the house and like they they bar the door so that she can't get out and they're like well we'll just come back in the morning you know there's no such thing as ghosts it's she's gonna be fine she'll be scared but it's like a hazing type thing but yeah she's stuck in this house and then as she's there she realizes supposedly this house um is haunted by a 200 year old curse and the longer that she's in the house the more that she like explores and starts revealing secrets and realizes no okay there really are like supernatural things in this house and so she gets stronger and stronger weapons as you go through the game but the way that you use the weapons to beat the enemies is just it's just timing based like you have to swipe the screen at a certain time and once you get that down there's no challenge to it and even the enemies are often like reused um renders of the same critter but just with like different colors so it's kind of phoned in no offense because ha it's a phone game um <laughs> but then i fast forward it to the end and spoiler alert on a game that probably nobody's ever going to play uh the big bad is this like ghost um that supposedly like originated the curse because of all the heinous stuff he did um and he he traps people in the house and if they stay in the house overnight they die and become ghosts in the house and he has control over them so that's his thing he's voiced by cam clark who may be most famous as the voice of Leonardo in the 1987 Ninja Turtles. Oh, but he's okay. done a lot of stuff. Um, okay. he's, his voice is all over the place. Uh, but he, he does a really good job in this. But then the credits started to roll. And now I'm finally talking about the song. <laughs> this song played, and I was like, this is the most amazing. This incredible. Like, this was still early in my my own VGM research uh, journey, like I said. And that's not your podcast, raid, that's Alex's podcast. Yeah, the VGM journey. That's Alex's podcast. Yeah, yeah, go check it out. It's great. Anyway, haha. Um, <laughs> nah, you know, I love you, Alex. And yeah, seriously, go check out a VGM journey. He just released a really, really cool episode. And yeah, every every week. But through the masquerade <laughs> is the credits theme for Till Morning's Light, composed by Jay Kaufman and featuring the vocals of Jesse Seeley. And, well, I've been talking for like five minutes, so Brian, what did you think of this track? Well, I was kind of hoping that you would tell me, by laying out the plot and what happens in this game, that, what was her name? Erica? Erica Page? Erica, yeah. I was sort of hoping that she would get stuck in the house, and never be able mm -hmm. to leave, and the 200-year-old curse would turn her into Granny from the granny game that we played a couple weeks ago. That's what I was sort of hoping you would tell me. But apparently that there you go. There's the, uh, there's the alternate. That's the bad ending. That's the bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> I love this track, man. Um, obviously, I'd never heard of this game. Um, I don't even think this appears on like the Wikipedia page for Jake Kaufman. 
why would it? It's a mobile game. I mean, I guess some mobile games do, but a lot of them don't. Um, so I had no idea that he had ever even worked on this game. I had to look up Jesse Seeley because it was a name that I feel like I had heard before, but I wasn't sure if I was accurate in that or not. But she is a voice actress. Um, she has done some voices in the... Uh, what did she do? She did Blood Rain Betrayal. She was the voice of Rain, the actual main character. And she did Linda in Double okay. Dragon Neon. But she also has okay. some credits as like an artist on shows like Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Legends of Chamberlain Heights, and Paradise PD. So she's definitely a name that I knew I knew. Um, not super familiar with her, though. But I really like her vocals here. It reminds me of something that I haven't been able to like pinpoint while listening to it and listening to it again. I still haven't been able to pinpoint it, but it feels very familiar. But that's not a knock on this track because I really like it. Yeah, it's it's not quite Emmy Evans level. Like, no, definitely not. But it does sound. But it it does have some. I'm trying to figure out what you might be thinking of, but yeah, it's it's hard. It, th there is a kind of generic sound to it, but like you said, that's not really a knock. It's, I mean, it's Jake leaning into, you know, that's his thing, is he finds something that feels like it would be samey, but he's able to make it kind of transcend that. And I feel like he really does that because the, the instrumentation on this track is also, like the way the instruments play, even if it were instrumental, would still be a really, really cool track. But her vocals on top of it, are uh, just it kind of takes it to the next level jump to a minute 30 okay and listen to that like 10 seconds that sounds like something i'm listening the way she elongates the vocals on certain words it reminds mm -hmm. me of something that i it's gonna piss me off until i figure out what it is jeff's gonna shoot me some ideas like are you thinking about this please do <laughs> maybe you're right i need to know what i'm thinking of yeah, man, it's, um, I mean, I just finished watching all the, uh, the Tolkien films with, uh, my kids. Maybe I, I'm remember, I'm thinking a little bit of Annie Lennox on the Into the West, cause she does that some, okay. the song itself sounds really different, but her vocals, she does that with her vocals, but that's almost definitely not what you're thinking of. It's probably not. But, but yeah, it's. If, uh, you know, what does it remind you of, listeners? Let us know, you know? <laughs> Maybe it's what it reminds me right of, in. and you letting, it, you letting us know will make me remember. <laughs> and man, I was also, I mentioned as we were listening to this block, um, you know, uh, Paul, I think it was, mentioned yes. Tim Fallon as, uh, as one of the few Western composers who can stand alongside his Japanese counterparts. Now, I, I would take some issue with that because there are, there are a lot of really, really fantastic Western composers. But maybe, maybe once Paul catches up to more of the podcast, he'll, he'll come around because we have a lot of Western composers on this list today. And there have been a lot of really great tracks. Well, he listened to Grandparents, so he's almost caught up. He's okay, almost yeah, caught yeah, up. Yeah, he yeah. did listen to so, that one. So um, I assume he'll hear these episodes soon. And if you do, Paul, feel free to reach back out. Um, I really had fun. I'm glad we did this topic. I know I say that a lot, but I'm glad when we do these topics because it just ends up being an absolute joy. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to hear what what kind of tangents we end up going off on, but it's also really always fun to just hear like your take on things and the stuff that you bring As and you. how it's different from mine. 
But we always explore such different routes and ideas, I think, that, that just it brings a nice dichotomy to the episode playlist. Yep, for sure. But speaking of that, we still have one track left on the episode today. And it's the closeout track that I decided to stick at the end since you took the opening with Carnival. I'm going to close this out with, and I knew I wanted to pick something from Disney's The Haunted Mansion because it's such yeah. a, a classic haunted house in both movies and beyond. It's my favorite ride at Disneyland. Um, I absolutely love everything about the Haunted Mansion. And we've played, whether it was last year or a previous October, we've already played Grim Grinning Ghosts. So I knew I couldn't play that. So I decided to bring a different vocal track from the game. Singing Bus Quartet Song Number 1. Very generically named. But this is a a track that... So if you remember the ride, there was that scene where there's those, like, statue heads that are kind of talking to you and that kind of stuff. It's meant to be them. And they're talking about, you know, there's four heads. They need a fifth. They want to basically take your head and keep it there with them. Um, Very short track, just over a minute, but a nice way to capstone this entire episode with no instruments, right? It's just vocals, that classic barbershop quartet style that I freaking love, man. I love the, the deep bassy singing that these groups bring. Oh, yeah, man. It's so cool. I was going to say, this is like a... Like a spooky barbershop quartet, yeah. and and I, I love that sound. It's so I love cool. that sound. I would love to sing in a barbershop quartet someday. Well, singing telegrams, man. Start. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's you know some group around that goes and sings to people on like birthdays and Valentine's Day and sweetest day and you know any <laughs> I'm any, sure any day I guess doesn't have to be one of those I'm days. I'm sure you're right. But never never say never. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. As we record, um, I just hit the big 4-0 yesterday. So, yeah, possibly one step closer to haunting my own house. (laughs) (laughs) Each day. Each day the clock ticks down just a little bit. (laughs) Yep. Uh, That reminds me of that excellent They Might Be Giants song called Older. You Uh ever heard that one? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so good. So good. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. It's great. It's good (laughs) stuff, man. It's good stuff. Oh, but I think we're about to wrap things up here on this episode, huh? Yeah, I think that's unfortunately going to do it for us. Yeah. Um, before we get on out of here, do we? Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug this week? No, not in particular. Just, you know, keep checking out uh, very good music. We're going to be coming back with our penultimate episode at some point soon. And uh, the movie bar or. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention this last time. Our our October episode of the movie bar uh, is play, um, fittingly enough going to be the devil's advocate. I starring was just going to say that as a joke. But at Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. We actually originally had a different movie in mind, but then I was looking at a list of, uh, of different, you know, um, legal, th- legal films. And I was like, oh, oh, it's October. We got to do a like a like a scary one. So, yep, there we go. That's the one. Devil's Advocate. I'll look forward to that episode. I enjoy that movie. Yeah, I uh, actually have never seen it. So this will be this will be interesting. Nice. It'll also be, I think, our first major repeat actor because it's going to be our second Al Pacino film. So nice. There you go. Yep, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Yeah, that's it for me, man. 
All right. Well, I guess that'll do it. Uh, you know, I did, I did tell you happy birthday, but I also want to tell you thank you because you took it upon yourself to completely update our spreadsheet. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Once I got started, it didn't take too much time. Yeah, I, I just never seem to be able to sit down long enough and, and dedicate myself long enough to actually <laughs> doing it. Like I would just do one episode here and there at a time. And mm -hmm. it got to the point where I got so far behind that I didn't know how I was going to catch up. We were all the way backdated yeah, to like feels October. Overwhelming. Yeah, October of last year, I think, was the last episode I even put anything in. And even still, that was... You know, it, we were well beyond that when I was still plugging that stuff in. So, um, yeah, you sat down one day over the past seven days and you had it done in like, I want to say just a, probably less than a couple hours, which is pretty crazy to me. Yep. Yep. It, um, yeah, like I said, didn't take that long once I kind of looked at it and figured out how I was going to do it. Uh, spreadsheets can be can be surprisingly helpful if you know how to how to work them <laughs> yeah and it's nice to be able to go in and just verify with absolute certainty that we've never played a track before now because there were a lot of episodes we've done over the past year since the spreadsheet was updated that i'm sure we accidentally played more than once now at this point but that's okay you know that's what happens <laughs> when you don't update spreadsheets so it's my fault yep but yeah no yep thank you for for doing that it helps me out tremendously appreciate it absolutely my pleasure man but uh, yeah, now that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We do want to thank you for staying with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, or more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow this show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. It's definitely another way you can interact with us on the on the live, right? Like... We, we, we're in Discord daily interacting with friends and I mean there's a lot of listeners in there as well not just on BG Mania but all of the RPG era umbrella of shows um, yeah definitely a way to it's reach out time. to us outside of Instagram Twitter and, and email but yeah like Bedra said it's a fun time make sure you're jumping in there we'd love to have you taking us out of this episode we are going to be taking a listen once again to singing busts quartet song number one from disney's the haunted mansion this released on october 14th 2003 and it was composed by the unbarbershop quartet just the trio of michael kaisley tim schley and tim stasica keep the music playing and, and keep, keep it loud, loud. yeah <laughs> quite like the others we're evil don't you see you should be scared you should be shy we also hold a key we are four unhappy heads looking for a fifth keep it up and you'll be here another we will speak, we will creak, for that bother Zeke. Bust like us are way too tough for this graveyard mellow. 